Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. One oh one on a Saturday morning. A little nostalgia kicked in for me this morning, Nick Price, as I was leaving Quick Trip. Saw a bunch of like families up there, little dudes uh, in basketball shorts and t-shirts. I used to be a little league basketball player back in the day. Played two years in high school. Uh, was your typical uh, heavy set kid that was uh, just a shooter? Yeah, you just shoot threes. That's right. And then as soon Play as they the got zone. Out, as soon as they got out of zone, my coach would call a timeout and pull me off the floor. Sad thing is, my coach was my dad. Um, but it's nice to see as you're out live and local listening to the sports radio station, 610 Sports Radio, we've got you covered uh, if you're out driving to basketball practice. Because I always remember this. I remember getting done with Little League basketball games, and I'd be so hot and sweaty. And, of course, it's in the middle of winter, and there'd be snow on the ground. And I remember my, my stepdad or my mom or my dad would come up to me, and they'd, they'd hand me, like, my sweatpants and my hoodie and my jacket. They'd be like, hey, man, you need to put your pants on. You need to put your jacket on. We got it ready to leave. And I'm like, man, I don't want to put my stuff on. I'm cold. I'm hot. I don't care. That's how you get sick if you don't put your jacket on. I used to fight that. Nowadays, I don't leave home without my jacket. Can't do it. Won't do it. Uh, Frank Clark, an hour ago, do your thizzle and never let the hate get to you. I don't know what that means, but but do your thizzle. <laughs> Frank Clark won the press conferences, by the way, the other day. Um, that's pretty hilarious. Uh, just coming off of the topic. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be Joe Buck's 2014 Madison Bumgarner this year, the Super Bowl. Uh, that's one of the things I'm looking forward to. If that's going to be a prop bet, how many times Joe Buck brings up the name Patrick Mahomes? Got to be at least over under 20. Long oh, game. Many, many more than that. I would say over under 100. You going J-Lo or Shakira? That's the halftime performance. Who are you more excited to see? I want to see what Shakira can Probably do. Probably Shakira, yeah. Because I want to know what she did to cause that that field in Mexico. Those hips don't lie, man. They don't, absolutely. They really don't. They really don't. My God, she is, I would propose today, her and J-Lo. Must be nice, A-Rod. Eh, Might have cheated in baseball. Don't cheat on that one. He did. He didn't. Might. He did cheat in baseball. Have you seen that documentary uh, called Screwball on Netflix? I've seen it. I haven't gotten a chance to check it out yet. Oh, my God. It is it is significant. Uh, you find out. I mean, literally, not a, it doesn't spoil anything, but literally A-Rod, when he got suspended for the full year, um, he literally went straight to a radio station and explained what they told him immediately after getting his uh, sentence from Major League Baseball. It'd be like you and I doing our show right now. Right. Uh, Alex Rodriguez, who at the time was the biggest star in baseball, 
getting suspended for a year, which is one of the biggest baseball stories since Houston, walking into that door right next to me, sitting down and be like, so here's what happened. Like, you didn't have to call him. Right. They're like, hey, can you tell him? Can you pot up A-Rod's mic real quick? Yeah. I mean, imagine having like a full rundown and then all of a sudden Alex Rodriguez walks in the door and just says, I need to talk. All I'm doing is hitting the off switch and saying, floor's yours. Yep. And just get ready to dump the button. I want to use this comparison, and I don't want to piss you off. I don't want to piss Chiefs fans off. But I feel like after this year, the expectations for Chiefs fans are going to be similar to the expectations of Blue Blood fans in college basketball. Now, college basketball is currently in the middle of conference play. We're currently in the middle of kind of the nuts and bolts of the college basketball season. Again, I don't care really about college basketball until like after the conference tournaments. So basically March, just because college basketball is just a sport that doesn't make sense to me. They only play two halves, uh, at least in the male side of it. They only play two halves. It's long. Players don't want to play. They need to change the rules, et cetera, et cetera. But just like Blue Bloods and basketball, the Chiefs could be headed to that narrative. And what I mean by that is that you expect KU, Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina, all to be Final Four bound every single year there in college basketball. And you could say, Dusty, that's an unfair expectation to have. Is it? Is KU not a one seed almost every damn year there in the tournament? I think Bill Self's been the coach of KU since, what, 2003? So he's almost been he's been the coach of KU for almost 17 years. And I want to say out of those 17 years, he's been a one seed, probably 12 or 13 of them. Right. And when he hasn't been, he's been a two or a three. And every year, you kind of tell yourself as a KU fan or a North Carolina fan, now maybe not this year for North Carolina. It's a it's a big down year. We might have seen the, the end of North Carolina's run with Roy Williams. But every year at Kentucky and every year at Duke and KU, you tell yourself, Final Four. We should at least get to the Final Four. We're normally one of the best teams in the nation. I get it. March is weird. But you think about it. When KU loses in the Sweet 16 or Duke gets bounced in the Sweet 16, maybe even the lead eight sometimes, you told yourself we expect to be a little bit further. And college basketball, to me, Getting to the Final Four is where your destination needs to be. Now, I get it. Winning the championship is the end-all, be-all every single year. You want to win the championship. But getting to the Final Four in college basketball is something that you strive upon if you are a Blue Blood team. Hey, let's get there, and then we can worry about winning a championship. But let's just get to where we expected to get. Especially when you're talking about one seeds. Like, you talk right. about, like, Kansas gets a one seed every year. You should it get seems there. like you're one of the top four teams in the country, that means. So you should be one of the final four teams remaining. That's the expectation. Every year. Nobody cares about conference championships at the end of the day. Nobody cares about winning the conference tournament. All they care about is getting to that last weekend of the college basketball season. And that's okay to be there if you're a fan of those schools. That's okay to have that mentality towards your school because that's the way it should be. Now, let's show up where it comes to football. And the Chiefs could be there now. Because if you think about it, the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs is now being declared as probably the best player in the sport, 100% the best quarterback in the sport, 
and he's been the starter for two years. Missouri loses to West Virginia 74-51. to My goodness. But Mahomes has been the starter for the Chiefs for two full seasons. In those two full seasons, the Kansas City Chiefs, by no fluke, have made it to the AFC Championship both those years. Lost one, won one. I'm saying if you take the narrative of the blue blood mentality, that is Final Four, after this year, and it's not an arrogance thing, it's not a full of myself type of thing, but every year, Chiefs fans should expect that that team should get to at least the AFC Championship game. No doubt. I mean, I think that that should be the expectation. That should be what you're looking at going into the season because you think about it, as long as the Chiefs win their division, which they have in four straight years, they're giving them a 50-50 shot at getting one of those bye weeks. So you're looking at win one game, and then you're in the Final Four. So, like, that's even – I know the NFL, it's like any given Sunday and everything, but that's even – easier to do than what it is in college basketball. So I think the expectation, like, it's even higher with the Chiefs. And you see what the Patriots did for all those years. Great coach, great quarterback, perfect scheme. Went to the AFC Championship, I think, what, like seven straight years? Won the AFC East every single year. And you're looking at the Kansas City Chiefs and you're thinking to yourself, okay, what do we expect moving forward? Well, Tyree Kill's under contract. Travis Kelsey's under contract. Cole Hardman will be a second-year starter next year. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to get paid this year. You have him for the next 10 to 15 years. And you tell yourself that at least for the next five to six years, the Kansas City Chiefs, now barring a offsetting injury or massive injuries that could cause a team to kind of derail itself during the season, that's not what I'm saying. But every year, Kansas City Chiefs fans can now expect this team to basically be in contention for the AFC West every single year. You look at the Indianapolis Colts when they had Peyton Manning, right? Every year it was like, okay, we're probably going to get to that point where we're going to play Tom Brady and the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. And if they didn't make it there, it was like another disappointing season for Peyton and the Colts. Right. Right? Tom Brady and Bill Belichick were always in the AFC Championship game, and everybody expected it. Now, granted... History writes itself, and when you're constantly there, it's easy to get people to believe that you're there. But again, the Chiefs have now won four consecutive AFC West titles. They've been to back-to-back AFC Championship games, and according to Bovada, they are the favorites to win the Super Bowl next year already. And if you don't agree enough with that, look at how teams are in other sports. When LeBron James played for whatever team it was, every team LeBron played for, went to the conference finals, and then they went to the NBA finals. LeBron went eight straight years to the NBA finals. Why? Because he was the best player that had good talent around him, and those were the expectations. He's going to do it again this year if he can get past the Clippers. Probably going to get to the conference finals. You look at Tom Brady and the Patriots. Again, every year you told yourself, Tom Brady and the Patriots are definitely going to be in the AFC Championship game. And to continue with this, the comparison of the Golden State Warriors, with Steph and Clay and Kevin Durant, you're like, okay, who are the Warriors playing in the Western Conference Finals this year? You expected it. It happened because they had great talent and they were just clearly the best team in that division. And again, moving forward, who in the AFC is the second best team? Is it Baltimore? 
Is it Denver? Probably not. Is it Pittsburgh? Is it Cleveland? Is it whoever you want to say? But the Chiefs are one of the two best teams in the AFC moving forward next year, the year after. And you have to think, if you're one of the two best teams in the AFC, where do the two best teams in the AFC play every single year? In the AFC Championship game. Right, and I think that one more thing that kind of like reinforces this sentiment that even if you're one of those Chiefs fans who's like, oh, you know, like I'm not going to expect us to be there every year. It's just nice to be here right now. Yeah. When you think about it, like these Blue Blood fans, whether you're a KU fan who can relate to this, when your team gets bounced early in the tournament, whether it's like the round of 32, Sweet 16, and you thought that you should have gone much farther, right? you're angry about it. You're upset. You're like, this is not how this was supposed to go. Because your expectations are high. Because your expectation is so high. And I feel like Chiefs Chiefs fans can relate to this, the feeling of the first quarter of that Houston game, right? Right. Because you're like, this is again. not how it was supposed to be. This team is so much better than this. How could they come out so flat? How could they disappoint us like this? And that's because that expectation is so high. That expectation is get to the AFC Championship or bust. And you're not going to win it every single year. But more times than not, the Chiefs should be in that spot. Every single year because they're going to be a one or a two seed moving forward if the ship continues to sail down the path that it currently is. We've never seen this before from Bill Self. I like it. Actually, check that. I love heel self. Out of bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. This song sounds like it could be a J-Lo song. Oh, yeah. You hear this in the club down in Miami. I am really torn to see, like, who puts on a better show at halftime. By the way, uh, Demi Lovato singing the national anthem. I saw that. I believe when she sang it last time in 2015, the Royals won the World Series. The Omens continue to be good uh, for one Kansas City sports club. Telling you. Joe Buck's going to love him some Patrick Mahomes. I mean, love Patrick Mahomes. 2020 Madison Bumgarner. Just letting you know. Um, today, later on, uh, K-State will play at 5 o'clock. Um, and their pregame will start at 4. So following us, it is the show that is titled Overtime with Kristen Nacero, Julio Sanchez, Jillian Carroll, and they are the sexiest trio on sports radio. Mm-hmm. Um, people ask on the text line what time the Chiefs head to Miami tomorrow I don't know what specific time um, but they leave to go to Miami tomorrow and then the rest of the week is the congested clogged Super Bowl media driven week where like players sit at different little huts and the media goes everywhere Jimmy Kimmel sends uh what is it, Guillermo? Is that his name? Guillermo, I think. Yeah, Guillermo will go out there. I wonder if he's going to talk to Patrick Mahomes. It'll be interesting to see uh, the Chiefs on a on a, on a huge national level uh, just because we're not used to it uh, being in Kansas City. You get little blips here and there, but yeah. like this is going to be the entire week. Anything anybody is going to talk about right. is you're, the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. You're going to see like comedians try to make their bits around uh, Patrick Mahomes. You'll see a lot of, uh, you'll see a lot of different... Uh, approaches and angles. You know, you're going to see, like, you're already seeing it. 
Um, I think Bleacher Report came out with an article about how a lot of national guys think the Chiefs are going to blow the Niners out. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was an interesting read just because I think there's a lot of people that are just trying to get content out there and circulate. But again, you're already seeing it, though. Like I I work at a sports bar and all week during the day, every single TV, different channels, all talking about Patrick Mahomes of the Chiefs. Well, I mean, yeah, that's the force. That's the future of the NFL. He's the face of the NFL. We talked about it uh, last week. Uh, during one of those hours between 2 a.m. and 6 a.m. Uh, that he had he had surpassed Tom Brady as the number one merch seller uh, right. in the NFL. So, I mean, it's there. It's clearly obvious. Uh, we'll, we'll go back and uh, we'll revisit what we talked about to start the show at 12. Uh, but something that I find very interesting is the fact that uh, Bill Self is just really owning his new role. Point, the most recent thing that, that, that brought uh, attention was Snoop Dogg uh, here. Uh, 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 I'm personally a fan. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> okay. Now, I need to take a little bit of time here, and I need to get in on Bill Self. So for those of you that don't know me, or this is your first time listening, welcome. For those of you that have listened before, you're welcome. I am a huge fan of the heel role in sports. Okay, not 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 like Antonio Brown heel. Okay, that that's too far gone. I'm talking more so like Bill Self currently. Now, Bill Self, I think truly had something else to say before the crowd reacted the way it did. This again is from College Game Day this morning, and listen to where he's going and to where he went. Point the most recent thing that 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 brought uh, attention was Snoop Dogg. Uh, here. Uh, 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 I'm personally a fan. Uh, uh, uh. Now, he didn't want to say that, but the reaction that he got from the crowd and the pop that he got from the crowd made him go off and say, I mean, I'm personally a fan. And if you remember, back at Late Night at the Fog many, many months ago, Bill Self was the one that was like, I didn't really sit around for the entire performance. Yet he was there post-game, or post-midnight at the Fog, said he didn't watch the performance. We know he did. And now, all of a sudden, Bill Self's a fan. You also remember that right after Late Night at the Fog came out, they really started pushing Bill Self finding a Snoop Dogg vinyl, wearing an Adidas chain, which was responsible for the allegations that is soon coming down on Kansas. And again, we were talking to John Doolittle about this ahead of time uh, in the bullpen before the show, and he really he came up to me and he said, Dusty, you really think something's going to happen? I said, yes, John. I really, truly believe. I believe that Bill Self is just tired of the way the NCAA has been. I think he's tired of the way it goes, and I think now he has a I-don't-give-a-rip mentality slash attitude. You're seeing it with college game day. And Kansas is owning it because I think they know I think a lot of people know, we don't know for sure, but there's a suspension coming. If I had to give my best educated guess, I would assume that Kansas will be suspended for two years from NCAA postseason. I believe they will lose at least three scholarships per both those years. And I think Kansas is owning that. And I think that they're in a role that they're not familiar with, but they're owning it, and that is, the heel of NCAA. It used to be Duke and Kentucky. 
Nobody thinks Duke or Kentucky are the bad guys this year. We're clearly seeing that KU is the bad guy this year in college basketball. You saw it on Monday night, right, when the when the fight happened between K-State and KU. Right. Now, again, I've got my opinions on that. That kid never tries to steal the ball after they're getting their asses waxed. That never happens. None of it. Silvio doesn't stand over that kid. None of that happens. Nonetheless, a fight still broke out. A Kansas player picked up a stool. That's a heel move. Kansas has an opportunity this year to win the national title. Their defense is outstanding. Their offense is good enough. And it's the NCAA. They're a blue blood. We just talked about it. They should be in the final four every single year. And if they get there, they've got a one in three shot to win it all. KU is owning this rule because I think they know what's coming. Bill Self is owning this attitude. And it's something that we're not familiar with when it comes to KU. But for me, as a sports uh, person, for someone who likes more hate in sports and uh, more love in the real world, this is something that I can get used to. And it's very interesting seeing Bill Self, who normally flies under the radar, is very calm when it comes to the season, is looked at as a ambassador, is looked at as a nice guy. And now, at college game day, when he brings up the name Snoop Dogg, the crowd pops, which I'm sure is full of a bunch of rowdy frat guys and sorority sisters and diehard KU fans. You were one. You were at college game day in your college career. You know how it goes. Yeah, get up Kentucky early. game. Right. A few years ago. And Bill Self knows he can get that vibe. And what better way to have your revenge tour than play the bad guy for once in your career? So I agree with you in part here, Dusty. I, I personally don't believe that the punishment – now, who knows, but I don't think it'll be as severe as you're thinking. I don't think that it's like, a, oh, well, like, who cares anymore because we're getting punished anyway. I think it's more of just Bill Self is sick of the NCAA and all the hoops that they've made him oh, jump yeah. through and all the trouble they've given him over the years. So he's like, no more playing nice for the NCAA. No no more putting on a good face and trying to appease the NCAA right. because they're doing all this stuff for me and they're like the governing body over my job. I think that he's just sick of that, and he's like, you know what? If they're not going to do anything for me, I'm not going to do anything for them. I'm going to give them a little bit of attitude. Right. I'm going to tell them, like, hey, this is not okay for you to keep coming right. and trying to rock my program like this. And so at the end of the day, I also love the move, by the way, the heel turn it's awesome. of Bill Self. It's yeah. awesome. The whole season has been awesome. Right. And you can tell that, like, it's motivating the players in a little bit different way than he normally does too. Yeah. But he's definitely embracing that. I just think for maybe different reasons and maybe it's just he doesn't like the NCAA anymore. Who does? Nobody does. Right. So again, I'm not trying to get on the bias. I love Bill Self train. That's not where Nick and I are coming from. Where we're coming from is you've you've seen a guy several times do it the right way, keep it level, keep it straight, try to keep things moving in the way that the NCAA, quote-unquote, wants to do it. Trying to stay neutral, trying to stay out of it, not cause trouble. And I think the thing that finally was the straw that broke the camel's back was the fact that DeSosa was out all last year. Like, the fact that they took that kid's time away, the fact that they did all of that, like, is a full-year suspension really what gets into the mind of a kid that makes him know that he did wrong? No. Those kids are are dependent on that time in college basketball. And I get it. If you do something wrong, you should be punished for it. But I think this is the final straw for Bill. And I also feel like there's no better time than to own the role of the heel. And by the way, if you want to know what a heel is, go watch AEW on Wednesday nights and look up Maxwell Jacob Freeman, MJF. 
There is not a better person that owns the rule of the or the role of the heel better than MJF. I'm telling you. And that's where Bill Self sat. He's done it right his whole life. At least he hasn't been in trouble. He finally got caught. He doesn't like the suspension. He knows something's coming. And maybe deep down, Bill Self knows he can win a title this year. And if Bill Self can win a title and then bounce out of college basketball and go be the head coach of, I don't know, the Spurs or the Oklahoma City Thunder, which I have a good theory about that, there's no better way than to be like, hey, you know what? Two titles, 15 or whatever it was, consecutive Big 12 titles. I made my stamp. I put my mark on it. And from now on, you guys can look at me however you want. But the hell with the NCAA, I'm out, and I'm tired of it. That's what makes you turn into a heel. Right. I think that it's just, at the end of the day, it's like he's been getting so much trouble and so much grief from the NCAA that now he's like, I'm going to have a little bit of attitude about it. Like, if you're not going to respect me and you're going to get in my way all the time and you're going to make my job more difficult, then I'm not going to make your job any easier. Right. And I don't know if this is a good omen, but the sun's out for the first time in, I think, about four days. But speaking of heels, this guy couldn't be more opposite. If there's a heel, there's also a baby face, and everyone loves Andy, and you know it's true. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price, 610 Sports Radio. Remember, more and more content awaits for you. On the 435 Podcast Network, download, subscribe, like everything, get push notifications on new episodes. Myself and Steven Serta, we're still continuing with the Force to Pump Podcast. We bring it to you monthly now since fantasy sports have taken a seat back on football. Uh, we'll continue to keep you updated until the season kicks off again. Um, and remember, Chiefs, Niners, Super Bowl, meaning that you'll have the guys from Arrowhead Pride's pregame next Sunday. Games at 5.30 or 6.30? 5.30. 5.30, so pregame, pre-game will start at 3.30. Um, and then Nick Price and I will have you uh, 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. win or loss uh, for the Super Bowl on Monday morning, leading you right up to Fesco in the morning. Uh, Chiefs headed to Miami tomorrow, and uh, so are some of our guys. Uh, the morning show, the day shift, the day shift, the Cody and Cold, um, and uh, the drive, all down there. Uh, live in Miami. So, again, you want Chiefs coverage, you want Super Bowl coverage, you want it from Miami, you're going to get it uh, right here on 610 Sports uh, Radio all next week, uh, live from Radio Row. So you can only imagine what kind of guests will fill in and and fill up your ears on the airwaves. We hope you can tune in and listen. Uh, The Big Cat is a minus seven. He's making a charge. Big Tiger Woods, uh, Farmer's Insurance uh, Classic. Uh, just golf, man, just gets me. KU, uh, KU will play at four o'clock, or I'm sorry, three o'clock today in the Big Twelve SEC Challenge uh, against Tennessee live uh, in uh, in Lawrence, and also Mizzou just dropped to West Virginia a little bit earlier, and now you have LSU versus Texas. Uh, college basketball all day today. Hope you're joining us live and local, driving around. A lot of action out there today. A lot of action. Hope you're going down to Fan Fest. Perfect weekend for it. Uh, you have the eight days until the Chiefs play the Niners in the Super Bowl, so you need something to take your mind off, the anticipation, uh, the impatience that you just can't wait. Uh, go to FanFest. You know, you got athletes down there tossing wiffle balls to kids like Brett Phillips. I've seen video of it. Um, you know, yesterday was a special day. Josh Vernier was there broadcasting live from Bartle Hall today, 10 to noon. Um, 
And baseball's kind of starting to get back. I know you're into football. I know you're ready for Miami and Sunday, and you're hoping there's a parade here uh, the following couple days after that. But, you know, baseball, Alex Gordon, all that kind of stuff. Get down to Bartle Hall and, uh, you know, go see some of your favorite Royals on the current roster. Speaking of favorites, I think Andy Reid is a house favorite uh, for the entire NFL. If you don't believe me, this is what Doug Peterson said earlier this week about Andy Reid and how he was responsible uh, for their Super Bowl title a few years ago. He was here for 14 seasons and 14 years, and he poured everything he had into this this franchise, this organization. He left a, he left a, uh, a a legacy here in Philadelphia, and and that's that's what the fans of Philadelphia, that's what the people of Philadelphia can appreciate. I think about about Coach Reed and and how he was he was an, he was honest, he was open. He may not have given you all the information, <laughs> right? And, he, and and we know that, but at the same time, he gave his and poured his heart and soul into this town, into this city, into this organization, and. And I think for uh, a lot of the fans, that's what they remember. And uh, I think that's what they're most appreciative of. Gotta love Doug Peterson's comments there. You hear it throughout uh, the last couple of weeks when it comes to Andy Reid and the Super Bowl and what everybody's uh, message tends to be. Friday in the press conference, I think somebody had, had brought it up. Uh, I, I can't remember uh, specifically who it was, but somebody had mentioned to Andy Reid, like a lot of people have reached out and said, you know, we really hope Andy Reid gets this Super Bowl title. You look at uh, when Jason Kelsey was on the field with his brother Travis Kelsey after the AFC Championship win, you know, he was like, you know, I'm really pulling for Andy Reid to get a title. I really want Andy Reid to get this done. Um, and you you see, like, what Andy Reid's legacy has been in the NFL and what the main message about Andy Reid is in the NFL is the fact that everyone has said he's the best coach to not have one. And by one, they mean a Super Bowl title. Uh, you see his his legacy of the Andy Reid tree that always gets brought up and coaches that have won Super Bowls, John Harbaugh, Doug Peterson. You see Ron Rivera has been to a Super Bowl. He's won Coach of the Year twice, all under Andy Reid's uh, teachings. You look at Matt Nagy, goes to the Bears, gets a job. We're still waiting for Eric Bieniemy, which I'm not sure if that'll ever happen because the NFL has its issues um, with certain things of, you know, who can coach teams and who can't. But when it comes to Andy Reid, I think the consensus of the league is that everybody's kind of ready for Andy Reid to win a Super Bowl. Not one person has a problem with it when it gets brought up. Um, you get the sense uh, he's more relaxed and at ease this year, at least what I've seen in press conferences and what I've heard in post-game conferences, doing pre- and post-game with Arrowhead Pride, uh, following Chiefs games. And you just kind of get the sense that the jokes that he throws out, the comments that he makes, and I even asked him uh, Friday if this was the most fun he's had uh, as a head football coach uh, in this season because you get that sense. You get that that lackluster of Andy Reid's having fun because he knows that this is probably one of the more talented teams he had. And like he said, he loves what he does. He always have he always has funds, funds. He always has fun, and he has good teammates around him, and he lets people be themselves, which lets people love Andy Reid that much more. One of his biggest uh, staples is letting your personality show but while also doing that, being respectful and knowing where you're at when it comes to being on a team and representing a team in a city in the NFL. I think he's been really, really good at that, too. And that's why he's like one of the most likable coaches out there, because a lot of coaches have, you know, one or two things that most people around the NFL that don't root for that team right. can kind of pick apart or dig at him like, eh, I don't really like how he does this or like, you know, all the big time coaches like the list goes on and on. But. With Andy, he just seems like a very likable guy. Everybody has a ton of respect. And like you said, like he can have fun and show his personality, but he's also like 
just very locked in and focused on the task at hand. And I mean, how can you hate somebody that says this? A cheeseburger and went to bed. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he's just so likable. Like, he doesn't say things to the media. He doesn't say things to fans. He's a big, burly, lovable guy. But what I will say about this, to wrap up this conversation about Andy Reid and what I think people really, truly want when it comes to Andy Reid winning a title this year, is maybe be careful what you wish for. Because if there's one thing that we know, it's that Andy Reid is very well known for three things. One, you give him a little bit of time to study a team, he's pretty damn good at it. He can figure you out, and he can put together a game plan that works and a scheme that works, and his off-the-buy record is atrociously good. His division opponents, another one that he's also been very, very strong with. When he plays teams more than once, he kind of gets a record underneath his belt that he just becomes astronomically high. And once he does something once, he tends to be able to know how to do it again and again and again. Bringing this conversation full circle, what's one thing Andy Reid has not accomplished? A Super Bowl. What's one thing that you think he could accomplish? A Super Bowl. And if he does, then he has the official blueprint of how to get there, how to tackle it, and how to win it. And if that's the case, and what we've talked about earlier in this show, that if the Chiefs are determined to get to the AFC Championship game most years moving forward and continuing to be a favorite to win the AFC and to go to the Super Bowl, and Andy Reid has that recipe, man, you're looking at there's a possibility that he could win two, three, or four Super Bowls before he hangs it up and he goes into, and he goes into Canton as probably the third best coach of all time or in the conversation as the greatest coach of all time. I think you could say it's probably Bill Belichick right now. After that, it's probably Walsh. And then it could be Andy Reid, or it could be a mixed bag of all three of those. He's finally got his quarterback. He's almost got the recipe down pat, no pun intended. And if that's the case, man, it's good to see a guy who's been so instrumental for others and their success to maybe now get a bit of his own. That's what I can say about Andy Reid. You want him to do it, be careful what you wish for, because if he does it, there could be a long line and list of Lombardi trophies to come behind Andy Reid. And then the whole narrative is flipped from could be one of the best to quite possibly is the best to ever coach football with the titles to back it up, over 200-plus wins to back it up. By the end of his career, could be in the top five and wins, could have the top five number of Super Bowl rings. And then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, when's Andy Reid going to retire so others can be good? Right. One thing about him, too, is that he's always been so good about elevating the play of maybe lesser talented guys, you know, finding those finding those guys and, like, getting quarterbacks that might not be great, like, at other places and getting them to play at a high level. Mm-hmm. Well, now he's got the talent to back it up. Now he's taking guys who are extremely talented and some of the best in the league, and he's elevating that play. That's a scary combo for the rest of the NBA or NFL. The other thing I need to see Andy Reid do is I need him to do that Patrick Mahomes impersonation that he so gladly does that he just hasn't done it for the public to see. So maybe a Super Bowl ring would bring that as well. Um, somebody's not rostered on this Chiefs team that I think deserves a Super Bowl ring if it becomes a reality. I think you all know who that probably is. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio.
You got like Bill and Peyton hanging out together, right? That's yeah, pretty sweet. Cool scene. Hanging out in Bill's office today. Also a cool scene last night with the uh, St. Louis Blues player with the Chiefs helmet on as they're doing the pregame warm-ups. Yeah, really cool. Should have just let him play with it. Um, I saw a tweet that I just tweeted out, uh, Nick Price. It says, one through six, how do you like your toast? A through F, how do you like your coffee? I saw that. Uh, A, obviously, being black on the coffee. Six, being black on the toast. Um, I'm a three and a B. I'm a 3A guy. 3A, you like yeah. black coffee? I like black coffee. Yeah, it's all right. Uh, I, I mean, if you're trying to get the job done, I'm trying to just get straight to the day, I'll just pour coffee over like a glass of ice, and I'll just chug it. Yes, yeah, I don't yeah, mess I, around. I pretty much got the the routine down to where I brew my coffee, and then I got like three ice cubes from I feel like my you freezer. Call that a routine? Yeah, I got the routine down, man. Three cubes from my freezer into that coffee. It's good to go. I think I'm gonna play poker tonight. You any good at poker? I mean, I think that's like a vague question, right? It's cards, yeah. Right. I mean, you can be good. Like, you can hustle a table. You can make the right decisions. You like, can you can bluff. Like, my strategy in, when it comes to Texas Hold'em is to, like, set the tone early. I kind of use the old Andy Reid mentality. Get out to, like, a 14 nothing lead and then just sit back on it. And then just play a couple blinds. And then you just, like, check. Yeah. Check. That or if, like, I mean, obviously check. the cards come in. I'll still stay aggressive. But, like, I like to get out to an early lead, set the tone. Um, I like to sit in a position where I know a guy who tends to fold a lot is on my left or my right so that I can be the one that sets the tone. And then if I can get up to, like, half my money and I can just kind of sit back and play for a couple hours and and uh, and have some have some Irish whiskey uh, and, and puff on some cigars or darts, uh, I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how I like to play. Now, granted, I've uh, recently won quite a bit. One night at my buddy's house, I've also taken the plunge. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's interesting. I, I kind of like uh, – um, I kind of like the enjoyment of it. It's just like a nice, relaxing time. So I think I might play tonight. Uh, Texas Hold'em. I, I think that's the game. I also love cash games. Hate tournament-style games. Cash games, you just get in, buy in for whatever you want. You get up your money enough, you can just be like, you know what, I'm out. I'm going to watch you losers play and waste your money. Like, if I buy in for 40 and I get up 100, so I have like 140 in front of me, I'm done. Like, I'm I'm good. Right. Right? Like, I'm good for the night. See, this is the best way to do it, though, is like going over and playing with your friends as opposed to just going and giving all your money to the casino. Yeah. Or anything like that. Somebody said on the text line on the 816, you guys are obviously sleeping on the Niners. Sherman Island is coming to Miami. Um, no one's sleeping on the Niners. No. I never said anything about that. If anybody's sleeping on the Niners, it's your uh, it's your national riders that think the Chiefs are going to blow out. Uh, that are going to blow, blow I think, out the Niners. I, I think, think there's a lot happening. of people around here that are sleeping on the Niners. We are not. We are not two of those people. I don't have any any sleep, uh, uh, zero sleep on the uh, San Francisco 49ers. I think they're a very good football team. I think the Super Bowl is is going to be quite interesting. I think uh, I think it's going to be a fun Super Bowl, uh, win or lose. Um, it's going to be one that I'll never forget because I've never seen the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I think, in fact, a lot of people haven't seen right. the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Most right? people. Um, so, speaking of the Chiefs being in the Super Bowl, um, I think there's a lot of people out there that hate moral victories and hate second-place trophies, and that's not where I'm going to get uh, when I bring this up. When I bring this up, I think that Alex Smith deserves a Super Bowl ring. Um, I truly believe this because of several stamps that he left in his uh, in his presence from being on this team. Let's start to when Alex Smith became a Kansas City Chiefs quarterback, right? Like, you remember where this team was 
when Alex Smith took over. It was the dark times of the Kansas City Chiefs. You had one of the worst teams the last decade had ever seen. You had quarterbacks that you thought were guys that worked at Men's Warehouse with those names. Like, I would assume that, like, a guy named Tyler Thigpen is a guy that's going to suit me up for a suit. That's not a knock on guys at Men's Warehouse. Big fan of guys at Men's Warehouse. They got me suited up for a wedding this past, uh, this past month. Felt great about it. Felt really good about it. But when it comes to, like, guys like Tyler Thigpen, Damon Heward, Brody Croyle, Matt Castle, all those guys that were part of that dark period of Chiefs fandom, and then Alex Smith comes along with Andy Reid. And you always told yourself, I don't know if Alex Smith can win a Super Bowl, let alone get there. That really, looking at it now, was never Alex Smith's prophecy. Right, that was never the that was never the route Alex Smith was essentially going on. Alex Smith's job was to get this team playing relevant football, being competitive, and giving you a slight chance that you could make it to the Super Bowl. Now you look at yourself around the league and you look at Jimmy Garoppolo. He he's he's kind of on that same pedal. Now, he's got a lot better of an overall team than Alex Smith had. Like, Alex Smith never really had the defense that Jimmy Garoppolo has in San Fran. But guys like Elvis Gerbach, Trent Dilfer, all those guys, like, went to the Super Bowl. So you always thought to yourself, well, if they did it and Brad Johnson did it with Tampa Bay, maybe there's a possibility Alex Smith could do it. Um, Then Patrick Mahomes gets drafted. And a lot of people when Patrick Mahomes gets drafted are so eager and chomping at the bit to see this great hope and this quarterback that a lot of people had thought was ready and was good to go because the talent was there that didn't happen to be the case Alex Smith was still there for one more year as the starter but being the quarterback of the team wasn't his number one role being the teacher and the predecessor to Patrick Mahomes was his main job and he nailed it he also laid the foundation you know he came in here with Andy Reid and they laid the foundation of winning and winning consistently and always finishing above 500 and giving yourself a shot at the playoffs because you can't win the Super Bowl if you don't get in. And they laid that foundation, and they really set that culture here. Right. And then he just kind of handed the keys off to Patrick Mahomes. And from the text line, you have to give John Dorsey one in that case. No, you don't. John Dorsey can kick rocks with open-toed shoes on. Yeah, John Dorsey went and got him with Andy Reid, but come on. Also, Andy Reid and Alex Smith on the same level, getting this team to go where they needed to get to is exactly why I believe Alex Smith deserves a ring. All the time he spent with Patrick Mahomes uh, during video time on Mondays, during practice reps, and you don't have to you don't have to listen to me to tell you this, but if you go back and you want to listen to Alex Smith or I mean uh, Patrick Mahomes give credit, early in his career, it was consistently the same thing. Oh, you know, Alex just really taught me how to, like, you know, read the playbook and and look at the systems and look at how defenses were setting up and, and what to do during video and how to get things rolling during certain times. That's what Mahomes has said. Alex Smith has been given a lot of credit from Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, all these guys because of what his legacy was moving forward with a team that he knew. Like, think about that. Think about that for a second. Think about seeing something that has so much potential and so much hope and bright sunshine 
and to know that you're not going to be a part of it, yet still show up to the office every day, still give a damn, and still set that team up for success moving forward. Now, his end all payday was getting signed and picked up by the Washington R's immediately and getting paid a very nice amount at the age that he was. I believe 36, he got like a what? $70 million guaranteed from Washington? Right, which he set him up because he showed that he's a good teammate and he's just a good member of any organization. And the fact that he was the number one overall pick way, way, way back in the day, set the Chiefs up for success, and now you kind of look at, like, who's he going to root for? I can guarantee you who he's going to root for. It's going to be the Chiefs and Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes because I think deep down, when it's all said and done, the way that he presented himself at this organization – the questions that he consistently got asked but still was able to stand up there and do it, the record that he put under his belt with Andy Reid and this Chiefs offense and this team, and the fact that he did it game in and game out, and knowing for a fact that the future was 15s and the team wasn't going to be his, but he played that entire year with Mahomes at his back, knowing that that was the last year, and yet here we are in Kansas City in a Super Bowl rooting for a team with the quarterback of the future who's 24, who got a full year under his belt with the learning of it with Alex Smith, you kind of get the feeling that Alex Smith kind of deserves a Super Bowl ring if, in fact, this team can win the Super Bowl. Even though he's not on the team anymore, his imprint and his impact that he made while he was in Kansas City with everything that he did with Pat and everything he did before Pat is still on this team and definitely a reason why they're there. And it, if he's not going to get a Super Bowl ring right. from this team, I think his name deserves to be up in the ring of honor. Oh, I believe it will be. 100%. His best years were with Kansas City. Yeah. And also, not to mention, like, his numbers, when you look at those years, are some of the best in franchise history before Patrick Mahomes. And where he put this team at, BP. where this team came from, what he was as a guy in this organization, and what he represented when he was here. It's just all the total package you have for someone who's in the ring of honor. And one day, I believe he will be. Um, moving down the line. Moving down the line on this program, you're listening to Out of Bounds on 610 Sports Radio. Myself, Dusty Likens, and Nick Price. One hour left, and then it's time for overtime with the sexiest trio in sports radio. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 